0: Genuine connections with clients are absolutely vital for any photography business. These connections go beyond just taking pictures. When a client senses that we value them, its result is more meaningful and emotionally connected images and art. And then from those strong client relationships come repeat business and meaningful partnerships. In the competitive field of motherhood photography, the ability to forge meaningful connections could truly set us apart, ensuring not only a thriving business, but also a satisfying and fulfilling career. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast: Photography Education for a Business You Love. My name is Kim Box and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-host and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Krueger and Allison Craig. Join me today on the podcast as I chat with Laura Gaddis, owner of Laura Gaddis Photography and educator in our TMA membership. When Laura and I originally sat down to record this episode, the conversation just flowed. We tackled so many important topics that we decided instead of cutting out any of the important information, Laura so graciously shared that we'd just make this another two-part series. So today I have for you part one of that two-part series I'm calling Creating Meaningful Client Connections. In this first part, Laura shares what about her brand and workflow has set her apart from other photographers and how the client connection is one of, if not the most important factor in her business strategy. Now I present to you episode number 50 woohoo, of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Well, tell everybody about your business journey and your photography business a little bit. What led you to photography? How long have you been in business?
1: So my major in college was industrial design, which is product design. And we had to take a photography course because all everything that we designed, we had to also design packaging for and just develop the entire concept. So we had to to learn how to take pictures of our products so that we could put it on the packaging. And we would develop our film in the dark room. And I just loved it. It was just such an escape. It was just so neat to be able to take an image and just watch it come to life right in front of your eyes. And so that's kind of where my love began. I had a camera and all sorts of lenses and I kind of played around. And after college, it was just so much gear so many things. I just started selling stuff off because it was just so cumbersome. I just never ended up taking my camera anywhere or doing anything. Years later, I started following a blog by Kelly Hampton. It's I think Enjoying the Small Things, I think is what it what it is. And she would just document life in such a beautiful way. I was so inspired by her words and just the way that she would take pictures. So I started a blog, and this was before I had kids, and I would just take my camera out. I had one lens and my camera body it was like a rebel mm-hmm. and I would just take it out with friends and we would take, I would take pictures and just us being together and just doing life. And I would write about it. I would just, you know, just words would just kind of dance in my head. And I used to love to write and that's kind of how it started. And then it was just the natural progression of someone saying, Hey, will you take our picture? And, Oh, can you take our picture? And it just kind of grew from there where I was moonlighting, you know, spending all my extra time learning, you know, the process of editing and just kind of starting a Facebook page and all of those things. And then when my daughter was about six months old, I left and went off on my own and started my own company. And that is, she's 11. So I've been in business for feel like 11 years this next year, I guess. 10 years, 10 years I've been
0: in business. So it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) Did Did you have a studio from the beginning?
1: I didn't. I just worked out of my home. I had a little kind of vestibule area in the back of our house. I edited in. And then if someone wanted like maternity photos, I would have them come to my house. I would move all of the furniture up to the opposite side of the wall and hang curtains against the windows and shoot them up against the window and, you know, move stuff around, just like in a very, very, very tight space and just kind of work that as much as I could. And then I would do outdoor sessions. A friend of mine was an artist and she was like, you know, come see my studio space. So I saw it and we're in Tampa, which has, has a lot of cigar history here. And it was in a historic cigar warehouse. And she was like, you know, there's smaller studios that are available. I was like, oh my gosh, it was month to month. And, you know, I, I talked to my parents about it. I'm like, I, you know, I don't know what to do. And they're like, what do you have to lose? Like, even if you fail, you're learning from it. It was an experience. You realize why it didn't work. Like there's nothing to lose. It's a month to month, try it. And so I did, and I was there for, oh gosh, maybe four, four or five years. And then now I'm in my studio space now, which is also, um, it's a cigar historic boarding house. And I've been there for, this is my fourth year. Yeah. But I didn't start in a studio. It was, I was just kind of making stuff work up until that point.
0: Do you think having, having a studio somehow, I don't know if up-leveled is the right word, but do you think that that played a part in getting your business to another level?
1: I think in a way it can, because it is nice to have a, a brick and mortar of, you know, this is where you are. You, I think there's almost this idea that if you have a studio that you're maybe more established, but I don't think that's necessarily the truth. I think my choice of studio kind of shaped my business and my style photography. I've always had really beautiful high ceilings and, you know, natural either brick walls or now I have these original cement floors. As a creative, it's just, it's amazing. It's beautiful to be in a space that's beautiful. And it just really, for me, it helps me be creative. It helps me see things in a different way. So for that I feel like it's elevated my business as I grew for sure, but you know before that I would go to clients homes. It was almost like a concierge type setup where I would go to clients homes to present their photos and I would meet with them in their homes or in a coffee shop and that works too. That's great. People people love to be catered to. So you don't need a studio to succeed for sure. It is nice to have your own little space, but I don't I don't think it's a measure of success
0: when I think about your studio and how beautiful it is, and I think about Jenny's studio, I feel like one benefit of a studio is it's almost like an interior designer when they have a shop. You know, it's probably not that they're selling tons out of their shop, but it's a way to present your brand, you know, and so I feel like when I see images of your studio it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's Laura. Like you just paint <laughs> such a beautiful picture of your style oh, and you. who you are, you know, and I think that really helps a client know what they're getting. I mean, not that they don't know from your images, but it just reinforces that brand that you sell, you know, products and that, you know, that what your aesthetic is. And, um, and as a they photographer, do. I think it just... You know it, it it inspires you to like to go to your you know your clean happy space with the things that you love and the products right. that you love.
1: It's just how you want yeah. it. Just like full control, right. everything it just its spot. Um but I do I do love to meet with my clients, especially if I have met them before in my studio prior to a session because I like you said I do I do feel like they're like oh, they're like suddenly on board like okay I get it. Like I, I'm, I'm on. like, tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Like I, it almost is like a level of trust, like being in mm-hmm. them coming to your own space of like, okay, right, I right. see it. I, I see what you can do. Right. I see, I understand it now.
0: Um, right. So it is it's nice like, sh- shop. it's like, sh- it's like shopping for a sofa at Ikea. Like if it were <laughs> just on the rack, it wouldn't be nearly as appealing as walking into the styled room you know, where it's, you you know, as so, um, or like seeing Ikea
1: stuff on Pinterest. That's always my favorite. I'm like, wow, the possibilities are endless.
0: (laughs) Well, Laura, you have content inside of our membership about nurturing client relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. You, in that content, you told a a really cool story about when you were, when you got married and working with your wedding planner and the lesson that that kind of taught you in business. So would you share that story? Our wedding
1: was very much a DIY wedding. My mom and I were really into it. And we did a lot of the work ourselves. We did all of the decorations, the tables, everything, but we really needed someone to execute it for the day. I had hired a wedding planner. It was a, a Two girls and they had their own business. They had just started and we had met with them several times before. And it was like based on an hourly rate for the day of. And basically in a nutshell, after the wedding, I just everything was just beautiful. Like everything just went perfectly and it was just a great day. And we, you know, received our invoice. I sent it to my mom. My mom was like, you know, I don't, I don't think that we're there that the hours that they're quoting. Would you mind asking them about it? And so I reached out and asked them about it, and I just received just it just it was just such a heart wrenching reply of, you know, we went over and beyond. We did this, and we weren't supposed to do this. And I did this, and you know, your maid of honor. I had changed dresses. My father was in a wheelchair, and I changed dresses so I could dance with him for our father daughter dance. And you know, she's like you. Your maid of honor should have taken your underwear and your dress. It was in the bathroom and I had this it was just one on and on and on. And she had taken this beautiful day that I just had such fond memories of. And she just really tainted it for me. She just she it just even thinking about it now, it, she took every little moment that I didn't even know and just really kind of made it where I was, you know, bitter and upset. It was just upsetting. And looking back on it, I, it, especially as a, someone having your own business, you know, it made me realize that there is so much to having grace and there's so much to straightening someone's crown without even letting them know that it's crooked. Um, and that's what we should really do for each other, just not only as women, but as human beings. And it made me realize, you know, there are always going to be situations where you're doing more than you were, you know, signed up to do. And there, you're always going to have situations where um, you're going to have to go above and beyond and what is what's really upset what what's what's the problem with that is that you feel like you're not getting compensated. And when you're setting up your business, it, you know I realize it's just super important to make sure your pricing is aligned to buffer those things and make sure your pricing is aligned where you can give your full service and your full heart and you're not upset when you have to do something extra or reprint something or, put in the extra work because you've been compensated for it. And and it all kind of washes comes out in the wash. But it's just important to set yourself up so that you can be the best that you can be for your clients. And your clients don't even know that there was any sort of hiccup, anything that was like, oh my gosh, this shouldn't have happened. This was so much extra work. You are so needy. You <laughs> whatever the situation is, you want them, these are their photos. You want them walking away feeling like, wow look at my beautiful family, look at these images, look at us together, look at our love, how beautiful that we have this for generations to just pass down. You don't want them looking at their photos thinking, oh, do you remember that photographer? Oh, she was, oh man, she was awful to work with her. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? And we thought the session was so great. And then she talked about how she had to edit out our underwear in every photo. And you know, you are creating memories for somebody. And it doesn't stop after the camera clicks. That that continues. That continues in your relationship. That continues in um, how you speak to your client, how you treat your client all the way down. So that was just, it was just a really good lesson on client services, you know, setting yourself up for success and how something small can really change someone's image or view of something that was really a beautiful thing for them.
0: And it's kind of a gummer, you know. Yeah. What's that quote about you can you can be right or you can be happy? I don't know. That's not it. But <laughs> you know You're what you queen. know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And I always get it a little bit wrong. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes the correct way, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I think if you've been in business any any amount of time, you come across those moments where you have to decide, okay, I know I'm right, but Right. If I hold my ground here and like prove that to this person, then what is it going to cost me? She's going to tell all her friends, la la, right. la 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 la. Like, you know, or can I just make her happy in the moment, which is going to serve me better in the end? I mean, if we're just looking at it selfishly, you know.
1: I mean, So so at some point it's it's not even selfish, right? Like you're a business, like you, the business decisions you make are ultimately to have a successful business and, you know, for longevity. And that's, that's a business decision. It is. I mean.
0: And like you said, like a lot of those moments can be avoided by setting those boundaries in the beginning, like making sure that they understand what's going to happen first, second, third, just if Everyone's on the same page up front, and you've communicated clearly. Then, those moments where you have to make a call on your boundaries, they don't have to happen. So, right. Yeah. So, tell us how to do that. Like, what do you suggest? Where does that all begin? I like, I know the first step in the process for most of us is that inquiry. And then, I would say, none of us love to get on the phone. <laughs> um, but what do you say? Well, How do you tell us about your process and what you suggest? I
1: don't think anybody. likes on the phone. If someone's like, "Can we have set up a call?" Or, like I just flounder. I'm like, I, like when is the dog not yeah. gonna be barking? When are the kids not gonna be home? Right. When is like you know my husband works from home now too, and that's where my that's where my editing office is." And I'm like, "It's just so difficult, and it's just like oh, it takes a lot of it takes a lot out of me. I would rather meet in person in my studio." Then hop on a phone. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. But
1: sometimes it's gotta be. So is that what you suggest?
0: (laughs) Tell us Um, about your process. Is that what you suggest?
1: So I don't so typically I suggest meeting after I'm hired. Sometimes people want to meet to see if you're a good fit. I totally respect that. And absolutely I do want to meet with you. I feel like when you can meet with someone in person, and I touched on this before, when they can see your space and see what you're about, you know, right? Like you know if this is a really good fit or not. It's also a chance. It's, I think it kind of, if someone's investing that time to come meet you, you know, it's a good chance they're going to hire you if they like you. I mean, it's, they're not coming all that way just, you know, cause they have extra time on their right. hands, but okay. So what does my process look like? There's, a, there's a, the initial inquiry and I basically, you know, respond with a bit of a template, but I tweak it towards, you know, what, what they say in their initial email, but the, you know, the information about session pricing and all that is the same. And then I usually just wait to hear back. If I don't hear back, sometimes I kind of go through my follow-up folder in my email and I just kind of reach back out and just touch base. But most of my my client correspondence is truly after I've been hired. And after they do the session release, then I send over a, a client questionnaire. And this is just kind of a get to know you I want to know about like their favorite trips as a family, just really kind of figuring out who this person is, who they are, what makes them, you know, excited, what things they find boring. And then that kind of helps even just have just something to relate to. A lot of times I'll respond back to something they said and, oh my gosh, I love that you said that. I feel the same way. Or I, lo- I did that trip too. And it was our favorite, just things like that. It's just nice to start reading, start as that is your initial point to start relating
0: to something. I love, yeah, I love how you said that you try not to make it all about you and your process and your pricing and your vision, but you start by engaging with them and getting to know them. And I mean, I think, I mean, one, what a great sincere place to come from. But two, like just in, like we, like you said a second ago, like if they come in and meet with you, more than likely if they like you, they're going to book. I feel the same way about, email correspondence like I feel like the more you can ask questions and have them respond and, and and make it a little bit of a back and forth that they've invested time and conversation with you and people don't want to like they don't really want to start over. Like right. I don't like once I'm halfway in, I'm like, I don't want to start this process over with someone right. new. It reminds me of that book if you've read it, Story Brand, where he says, you know, we're not we're not the hero. It's their story. And we're trying to, what does he say? Have you read that book? No, I haven't no. heard of it. <laughs> I'm going I'm to write it
1: down though. <laughs> yeah.
0: But we're, we're there to make them the hero. So by asking questions and getting to know oh, them, and, I love that. Um, I, it makes me think of how his suggestions for sales.
1: So. Oh, I love that. I need to read that book. I'm gonna add it to my list. But it is, you, people want to feel important when it comes down to it. They want to feel seen. They want to feel like, especially as moms, right? Like we just do so much for everybody. And sometimes it's just nice that someone is interested in us and really wants to take time to know what makes us take and what we like, how do, and how we like our coffee and just little things, just little things to, to feel like someone cares about someone cares. And when you're working with somebody and, and I Personally, I find photography to be a very intimate process. And when you're working with somebody intimately like that, I think it is important that you get to know them and you invest your time and your interest in them. And I think that makes them more comfortable. I think that helps them relax during their session. I think it helps them feel like they're among friends instead of, you know, someone pointing the camera at them. Um, I, th- I think it just really sets the tone for the entire process, but you're right. I, I, I do think it's important. The weeding out should not be of here's my policies. Do you like it or not? The weeding out should be in the conversation. You can get a really good gauge of people's responses of whether or not that they are your client or not. And it's a good way to get it instead of turning somebody off and, you know, them feeling like, okay, I was heard this might not be a good fit. And I've told people before, you know, I don't think that we're the best fit, but here contact this person. They would be exact style that you're looking for. And they appreciate that. So I feel like that
0: goes a long way. So you reply with information and pricing and contract Mm -hmm. and they book, then they come in Do most come in for a consultation.
1: No, not right away. I mean, a lot of people will come in to take a look to look at client wardrobe And so Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll meet with them then. That's perfect. But I usually do try and meet my clients before I shoot them. I don't feel like I'm doing client consults all the time though. So I'm not sure how I'm trying to think how I typically.
0: Well, I think probably as you are more and more established and you have more repeat clients and people work more and more, I think the consult is probably less needed, but probably a really great suggestion for people that are trying to build clientele for sure.
1: Right. Right. I feel Um, like I feel like if they want to come in for a consult, it's a pretty easy book at that point because they're just, they're invested and you're, you're looking at calendars together. You know, you're, you're having, you're setting those wheels in motion and it's easier to just keep moving than, you know, it is to start over like you were saying. So it's great, especially if you're, if you're first starting out, you could even meet at a coffee shop. If you don't have a studio, buy them coffee, have it waiting for there, get there early, find out their coffee order. Have it ready for them when they come in so they can just sit down. You're like avoiding that awkward standing in line who's paying thing and just have a really great conversation for 30 minutes and, you know, be on your way. It's, it doesn't, it's not a huge time investment, but it does go a
0: long way. So I want to read this from your content from the membership, because I think it's so funny and so accurate. Okay, You said, my very first paid session was amazing. I dreamt it. I planned it, discussed it with my clients, and it all went better than I could have imagined. I thought I was the shit. (laughs) (laughs) Then you said, my second paid session was a maternity session. The mom showed up with a tight as heck teal shirt, and her two boys and husbands were in matching shirts with teal stripes. They had no idea what to do. My fault or what to expect. Again, my fault. The boys ran around like banshees, uh, drenched in Florida sweat. There was not enough desaturation in the world to achieve the creamy clothes fade away and focus on emotion look I was going for. As I drove home from the session, I quickly realized that in fact, I was not the shit. <laughs> 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 oh, so tell me what, what's the takeaway there? <laughs> I mean, I really had like, I
1: come to Jesus on this. I'm like, what happened? What, happened? <laughs> what? Like, how did this fall apart? And you know, my first paid client, she was my neighbor and we would like pass each other outside and like start talking. I'm like, Oh, Stephanie, what if we did this? Oh, Stephanie, what if we did this? Oh my gosh. I'm thinking just like super like, Vogue, like I'm just and yeah, yeah, and we just we bantered back and forth about this photo session, and she was on board, and I was on board, and we just really concepted the whole thing together. And everything I suggested, she was excited about, and she was like, I'm all in. I mean, I was pregnant, and I drove to my brother's house, took down, took apart this iron bed, loaded it on top of my SUV with a mattress, (laughs) drove it to a field, unloaded it off my SUV. By myself put it together loaded up the mattress and then shot them out there and it was like what the heck was i thinking but it was i was so excited about it i was excited they were excited i knew exactly (laughs) what i was walking into you know fast forward a month later to my next client we didn't know each other you know it was kind of like a show up and shoot type of thing there was nothing planned There was, I did, she was not led in any way by me. She was not prepared for anything. She was not prepped for anything. She was not given suggestions except for where to show up and at what time. And I realized that it's just complete. It can make a shoot or break it to take the time to, to plan out, to visualize, to include your client in just planning out the session. What are their expectations? What do they want? What are they hoping for? This is your ideas. Do they like it? Do they like these colors? Do they like this? You know, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you like that? And just really getting them excited about it. So when they show up, they're not like, oh, I'm going to do photos. Like, I can't, I'm so excited for this experience. I am here. I am invested. You know, I have gotten all the outfits you suggested. Thank you for making that easy for me. I know exactly what to expect. My kids know what to expect. My husband knows what to expect. We're on board. And they've invested that when they have their photos, they're going to want to invest in their photos because they've put so much time into this and they've put so much thought and And they're not just buying, you know, a digital image and they're not just buying a, an album or a print. They're buying in a memory. They're buying, you know, this time, this moment with their family that they had a really good time that they enjoyed and it's captured. And And that's what they're investing in. They're investing in just the memory of their love and something that was really special and created just for them. And you know, I realized like that's really important. And and it didn't start to where I am now. It it was kind of like figuring it out as I went, like, okay, I need to kind of probably talk to them a little bit more and, you know, talk about what what I what I think they should wear, what I think would look pretty and maybe what I'm thinking for the session. And and then it just kind of grew from there as things do. But it was a good first like cold water in the face.
0: <laughs> like what I, is yeah. happening? <laughs> I just love that. That read, that reads like a intro to a book or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I read that. I was just cracking up. So <laughs> cuz we have all been there. <laughs> I mean that's like Hey, but what? you know what, what? Like one of the rules of photography is probably that the people in the teal bought lots. Like usually it's yeah. when you're like Oh my gosh, that was awful. We need to redo that. They buy a ton of stuff. So I'm like, I'm not
1: watermarking these images because I don't want anybody to know (laughs) I took them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, this, this, I didn't send you this question in advance, but I want it makes me want to ask this question. So, like you said, you've been doing this for a while, and in the beginning, we are all so excited and putting beds on the the top of our trucks and trucking them into a field. You know, like, like we're. Yeah. But once you're busy and you've been busy for years, you you know I feel like we can get a little burnout and we can get a little less inspired because we're kind of shooting the same thing right over and over. So, how do you? How do you stay inspired and not burn out? Do you have any tips on that?
1: Oh man, you know what? This kind of just circles back to to client relationships. My favorite sessions are really when I get to know my clients and their repeat clients. And I just love being able to have a deeper relationship with them where I can push the envelope a little bit and try new things and experiment and feel like it's okay to fail. They trust me. They know that I'm gonna deliver something to them they're gonna love and whatever I'm doing right now, they're on board. And sometimes that means we had an amazing florist, florist fire, Gail, move into the end of our building. And I was like, not gonna, Gail, Gail, oh my gosh, you wanna you wanna play together? You wanna do something? You wanna make a headpiece for me? I mean it was just like, it's so fun to collaborate with other creatives and, you know, really other artists even and and pull from there. But I mean, I think truly, just when you when you can really get to know someone, then you can start dreaming and dreaming with them, and they get pregnant again, and oh, you know, you you see like a really cool, crazy dress or something that's like really obnoxiously elaborate, and you're like, hey, if I get this, will you wear it? Yeah, I'll wear it. I mean, because they trust you, and I think that's what makes for some of my favorite images is when I can really, really develop a relationship with a client and. You know, our photography together grows over the years because we have a little bit more room to to kind of take your time and be inspired. I, I guess that's where I get inspiration from my clients, from them, them directly and knowing them. But uh, I think I think there's so much inspiration all around in in books, in just nature, and I think you can find beautiful inspiration from other photographers, which can also be a slippery slope, but. I think it's good to continue education no matter how long you've been in business to just find something that inspires you just kind of, you know, reinvigorates you every year, whether it's going to an in-person workshop or, you know, buying a workshop from a photographer you love and just hearing how they see things and hearing how, you know, they do business. And it might not be anything you need to learn or do, but it's nice to hear other perspectives and it's nice to take little nuggets and start implementing them into your workflow and just start
0: to evolve in in that way. So if the listener is not familiar with your work, I want to encourage them to go check it out because it is so beautiful and, and different. Like I feel what, I feel like your style is kind of what I'm drawn to as well as a photographer. And like, I feel like you, I don't know how you would describe, how would you describe your style? Like would you, I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like I've said here before that when I shoot I'm looking for that one wow image. Like I feel like you lean towards portraiture more than maybe lifestyle-ish. Would you agree?
1: I think I probably post more portraiture because that's I just love you know I love the look of a fine art image. I am I a true fine art photographer? No, but I love making fine art photography when I have an opportunity to. But I, you know, I I think the connections are what I'm drawn to. Just a really beautiful connection. But it's hard because sometimes I know that connection because I know the client. And it it means so much to me that you say what you're saying because sometimes I'm like, does this resonate with other people? Like are they saying it too or is it just me because I I know them, you know? So there's always a sense of insecurity when posting. <laughs> like, am I? Am I just kind of in my own bubble?
0: Well, you are in a bubble and I put you in the bubble with Elizabeth Messina and I put you Aww. in the bubble with Kate Marie and I put you, like you guys have that, like I said, it's just like you capture that moment and it's classic and it's, it's just so beautiful. Oh, so thank you. And I think that, that, that was another thing I was going to say when we were talking about burnout and. Another tip that I've shared that I heard somewhere is like when you're feeling burnout and you go into a to a session and you're like doing one session after another. And so you feel kind of in a rut. Just say, I'm going to do one thing for me today. Like, I know they're expecting this, but I'm going to do this, this one shot or pose or whatever that might be different than your norm for me. I'm going to try today. And so I feel like you probably approach a session just from the outside looking in, like, I feel like you're shooting for you. Like, I feel like you've got a vision and like, this is, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to capture this special thing today. So I don't know if you actually do go into a session thinking that, but. I love that. I, I, you know, in a, in a way, I, I think
1: that would that's my goal. And I think it is easy, especially as fall approaches, you've gotten kind of like, just like, you're just, motions, right? You get this shot, get this shot, get this shot. It's almost like a shot list in your head. Make sure you get everybody together, everybody smiling, all, all of these things. But January is always my favorite time to shoot because it's just such a reset and I can shoot for me and I can slow down. And the lighting is so pretty in Florida in January and February, and it's just dreamy. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit more planning that goes into it. But I do love to, to shoot for me. Even, even if you're doing, even if there's a session where you are just shooting, 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 and getting the shots. It's always nice to just, sometimes I pause and I'm like, can I try something? Can, do you mind if I do this really quickly? It, it might not work. If it doesn't work, it's not your fault. It's totally my fault, but I just wanna try something. And they're always game. I've never had someone be like, uh, no? And everyone's like, sure, yeah, whatever, whatever you want. And it, so it is nice. And those are a lot of times of my favorite images.
0: Laura, you're truly a treasure to the photography business world. Your talent goes without saying, and your approach to the relational element of business is truly inspiring. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat all about what sets your brand apart and how others can consider and incorporate intentionality behind how they serve their clients. Join me back right here for part two of my discussion with Laura. We'll dive deeper into what inspires Laura's business strategy and how to really connect with clients and how she defines success in her own life. I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that Laura is an educator in the TMA membership. Our membership is filled with amazing monthly education and a five-year deep library of content for you to peruse and use to build your one photography business. If that sounds interesting to you, head over to membership.themotherhoodanthology.com. There you can join our waitlist so you're the first one to know when our doors reopen to new members. Until then, check out our free education resources in the courses tab. It's a great place to start. I love this quote by Alice McDougall. In business, you get what you want by giving other people what they want. So from our lens to yours, until next time, friends.